Praise God. Praise God. We're in the midst of a series called Unbothered. And uh, God's been having his way with us. Amen. Amen. So we thank God for his goodness real quick. We're going to, uh, I'm sorry, should tell you, we're going to read scripture real quick. I'm going to have it on the screen. Stand up real quick. Let's honor God's word one last time. Now you only stand if you want to. Praise God. All right, we'll be in 2 Corinthians 9, 7 and 8. You can turn to it if you want to, but I'll have it on the screen and go ahead and read it real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 and 8. So let each one of you give as he purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency and all things may have an abundance for every good work. Amen. Tell somebody I always have. I always have. Yeah, tell somebody the wrong person. They don't believe you. Tell somebody I always have. I always have. Yes, I always have. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. A mother and daughter went to church. And as they got to church, the little girl, she said she gave a little girl a dollar and she gave a little girl a quarter. So the mom told, put whichever one you want to put into the collection, baby. Whichever one you want to do, put whichever one as you want into the collection. So they go to church, and uh, when they come out of church, the mother asked the daughter, she said, so, so baby, which one did you put into the collection plate? She said, well, I was going to put the dollar in the collection plate. But then the man in the pulpit said, uh, God loves a cheerful giver. So I know it would make me more happy if I put the quarter in instead of the dollar. So I put the quarter in, amen. <laughs> So as that is a, just a little joke, but truthfully, that is how we have that same mentality as that little girl sometimes. Whatever makes me happy or makes me comfortable is what I want to give to God. See, we give God the leftovers and then wonder why we have some lack in our life. But I come to speak life off of New Creation Church. We will prosper in love. We will prosper in faith. And we will also prosper in our finances. Amen. Y'all got to work with me. This is the first time I've ever even preached over finances ever because that's just is not my thing. We have the, uh, some people to take advantage of what the Bible says. They have a prosperity gospel. So their theme and their aim is to uh, make people give and, and after money and all these things. No, no, no. But with truth be told, the Bible talks a lot about money because money is part of our life. That's who we are. We have to understand what God says and what he requires and how we get the most out of God, even in our finances, because God wants you to be unbothered even in your finances. Amen. Amen. So so I got to set the, set the tone. We, we, we in First Corinthians uh, 9, but part chapter 8 also uh, kind of deals with this as well, because they're raising up an offering for the church in Jerusalem. Paul, the apostle Paul, was getting a, uh, he's giving instructions to particular saints about how to get this offering together. They need it in Jerusalem. So we're going to look at chapter 9 real quick. Uh, verses, a few verses. Verse 1 says this. Now concerning the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write you, for I know your willingness about which I boast of you to the Macedonians that Asia was ready a year ago and your zeal has stirred up the majority. So Paul is stating it's very important for me to write you concerning this. I know your willingness to give and I've been bragging on y'all because y'all been willing to give. You had your offering ready a year ago and I, and I know that you're excited to give. It is important he had to remind the Corinthians their eagerness and ready to participate in this giving project. He wanted to encourage them because they was about to give. And you got to understand that Paul was dealing with a whole bunch of people calling him a false teacher because he wasn't one of the original apostles. Paul got knocked down on Damascus Road. God had to knock him off his high horse. 
got knocked down. Paul was one that was going around trying to persecute and kill Christians. So he, a lot of people didn't like Paul because God gave him all this anointing and all this favor, and he was the one trying to persecute God. But thank God that he chose who we want to choose. That your past don't really matter. A man that used to kill Christians wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Somebody praise God for that. That my past don't matter. If God grabbed me, he got me, and I'm on a whole new road. So they had a, they had issues. They, they, want, they, they tried to get people sidetracked. But Paul just trying to deceive y'all. He wants your money. No, no, no. The Bible is clear uh, that God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will reap. Whatever a man sows, you will reap. So you don't have to worry. I've learned this in my own life. If a leader or anybody else is doing something wrong and misusing God's money, God don't get them. Amen. Uh, God is not mocked. He's going to handle that. But in the midst of them doing wrong and getting them for doing wrong, God still let my seed go to him. Ooh, I love God like that. My seed still counts because I gave to him and not to man. So if somebody's doing wrong, God's going to handle that. We let God have his way. So there, and three and four says this. Yet I have sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this respect, that, I, that as I said, you may be ready, lest if some of the Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we not, we not to mention you should be ashamed of this confident boasting. So Paul said, look here, y'all, I've been bragging. I've been telling everybody, y'all gonna have this gift ready, y'all gonna have y'all money. Don't make me like no fool. Ain't nothing worse than bragging for somebody, saying somebody going to do something, and they turn around and don't do it. Paul, like, I got to write y'all this letter, make sure we're on the same page. Don't have me out here looking crazy. I'm bragging on y'all. Y'all said y'all got y'all gift. Y'all had it ready. Y'all going to handle this thing. So Paul's encouraging the church in Corinth. Then verse 5 says this, Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand which you had already previously promised that if it be made that it excuse me that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not a grudging obligation. Ooh. Paul is setting the tone for Christian giving. He said it should be out of generosity and not obligation. See when people do things out of obligation and not generosity, they horn in it. See when people do it out of obligation, what do they do? They do the bare minimum. No, you can keep your bare minimum. I don't want that. I want your heart in it because if your heart in it, you're going to go above and beyond. I need somebody's heart in it. I need somebody's heart in it. I need somebody to be like Buzz Lightyear. Uh, I need that heart in it so they can go above to infinity and beyond. Because if my heart is in it, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure it runs right. To make sure it's focused. I'm a manager at my job. And I got some employees that do a great job. And some that don't, don't do, do, do well at all. And we call the ones that do well. They're engaged. Their heart is in it. They're focused. They want to do a good job. And the ones that are not engaged and not focused, they do the bare minimum. Because they feel it as obligation. And God don't want us to feel obligated by anything with him. Amen. Amen. He wants us to do it out of love. So look at this. Look at this. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. The Apostle Paul compares Christian giving to an agricultural principle. He's talking about seed. The harvest is a directly proportion to the amount of seed you sow. The harvest only comes by the amount of seeds you give. Check this out. He says those who excuse me, those who sow sparingly shall reap sparingly. God convicted me on this because we pray, and, and I think it's because we I like my word is churchinized. We get so much churchinized in this, and we just get so much in, in a routine that we like to pray sometimes. God bless those that that that, that didn't give. 
And, and, and the Bible says more blessed to give than receive. See, how can we really bless those if you don't give? Because he just said those who sow seeds sparingly only reap sparingly and don't get it twisted. If you have nothing to give that is real, that is real. If you don't have nothing to give, you don't have any, any job, don't get it twisted. Because there was a time when the collection was coming forth and, and all the big shots were coming in and putting their money in. And Jesus was sitting right there just looking at they put their money in. Some dropped a lot, some dropped a lot. Then a widow woman came and the Bible said she put two mites in there. Two mites. In our translation, that would be too many, two pennies. And Jesus said this, this woman has gave more than everybody in here. Why? Because she gave out of all she had. See, it's a trip when Jesus know what I got at the crib. Amen. See, see, he knew you got racks at the crib, so you giving, you put your little hundreds and thousands in there, don't really mean nothing. The woman gave all she had. So that's all you got. Don't get it twisted. God honors that. He appreciates that. But for those of us that have jobs and incomes and all these things, if we sow sparingly, then you get what you give. This is why tithing is so awesome to me. I love it because, check this out, God isn't about equal giving. It's about equal sacrifice. Yeah. I'm not even dealing with tithing too much today, but I got to cover this. I'm going to do a series in the future, but I am, I am. But, but, but God asks us for a tenth. Check it out. Not equal giving, but equal sacrifice. So if I make $1,000 every two weeks, then I give 100 The other person may make 5000 every two weeks. And they get 500 and God ain't impressed with they five over my one. Amen. Because we both made the same sacrifice. Amen. God honors both. So I'm going to show you why tithing later on, why it's so important. But Jesus and, and Paul didn't even waste their time on teaching on tithing in the New Testament. They didn't even waste their time because it's something that's already been established and already been given. But check this out. Billy Graham said this, and it messed me up. Billy Graham, that evangelical, uh, just went on with the Lord this past year. Check it out. He says, God can do more with my 90% than I can do with my 100%. Ooh. That hit me. That hit me in the gut. That's deep. I got enough faith to believe God can do more with my 90 than I can do more with the whole thing. See, God is trying to get us to a point and place that we understand that God can do it all. Some of the kids think God can do anything, but do you really believe that? God wants to get us to a place that our faith elevates and goes to a new place. So these are other scriptures I got real quick to show you that coincide about dealing with giving bountifully. Proverbs 11, 24. There is one who scatters yet increases more. There is one that gives and they get a lot of increase. Then he says there is one that withholds more excuse me, but there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. So the writer of Proverbs is saying that the one that withhold it has poverty, but the one that gave had increase. 25, the generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. The generous soul, so when I give, I will be made rich. And all the time, it don't mean necessarily mean rich just in money, but I'm rich in my spirit. I'm rich in my health. I got, I'm prospering totally. Not just money, but I'm prospering. Proverbs 19 and 17. He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and he will pay back what he is given. Anybody that's been here with us, Roland, should know that, that this simplified, this shows us in our outreach, what we do when we give away to the homeless. Uh, people have coming up to me and said, who's, who's running this thing and put $50 in my hand? Why? Because I'm lending to the poor. 
Last outreach, a business decided we're going to donate 20 large pizzas to you guys. 20 large, you know what I mean? 20 large pizzas cost? <laughs> and from a, not a pizza, not a chain, this is from an independent business. Somebody got their own. But they donated 20 large pizzas. Why? Because we had pity and lend to the poor and God will pay y'all back. Y'all not getting this thing. Oh. Oh. And, then, and, and, then, and then one of the other scriptures, we, we say this one like Luke 6 and 38. Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over shall men give unto your bosom. For the same measure that you use is the same it will be measured back to you. Look at what God is saying. But that just ain't the money though. Don't get it twisted. Because if you want forgiven, you're gonna get you're gonna get that same unforgiveness. If you're a person that likes to judge, the same that you dealt will come back to you. It's not just about that. And I think the world calls it karma. I'm sorry, I don't believe in karma. I don't believe in karma. I call it what the Bible calls it. It calls it the seed in the farmer. Amen. Uh, it's the seed that is planted. And that seed that we plant is the seed that we get in every area of our life. So what kind of seeds are we sowing? The Bible is clear. And this is why God convicted me on this prayer. Because this, I noticed this. I can't sow George Washington and expect a harvest of Benjamin Franklin. It can't happen. <laughs> I can't sow George and expect Ben. It don't work like that. Why? Because you get what you give. You can't cheat the grind. In every area of my life, I can't not do my, my, my baby girl, my oldest girl, Destiny, uh, straight A student. This girl ain't had a B since seventh grade, praise God. Uh, she goes hard, grind, goes hard for her schoolwork. And as I'm seeing these grades, but guess what? She sows. My high school wasn't nothing like hers. I see books out. I see binders. I see reading. I see this. My, my mama back there smiling. My high school wasn't nothing like that. But she sows the time into it. So when her report card comes out, you see the straight A's. Same thing for our life. Whatever we sow time in and whatever we sow in, God is trying to show you, you get what you put in. Don't think because it's with me, I'm going to put some supernatural on it when you ain't did nothing in the natural. Yeah, I'm a supernatural God, but you got to do something in this natural realm for me to bless it. So look at this, verse 7. So let each one give and he purpose in his heart. Not grudgingly of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. That brother looks happy, don't he? <laughs> he said, yes, I'm giving to the Lord. I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, I love this verse. It says, uh, what you have purposed in your heart to give. So what have you purposed in your heart to give? You should come to church knowing what I'm going to give for today. When is the last time we pray and ask God, what do you want from me in the offering? Think about that. We pray for our homes, our marriages, our own personal finances. We pray for everything else. And there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get it twisted. But when is the last time we pray and say, God, what do you want me to put in the offering this Sunday? What do you want me to offer as a sacrifice to you? See, I got a testimony. Uh, March 2, I got saved in 2006. Rededicated my life to Christ in 2006. So that whole year, that was in March. So you come to 
watch night service, which is uh, in uh, December December 31st, New Year's Eve. And I was a mailman at that time, so I had been working. You know, we, we are the uh, Santa Claus. We are his elves. We are everything in December. So I'm out here working, carrying mail, humping. I had worked a crazy amount overtime, had me a nice check. And this was the first time that I actually went to New Year's service, and I wanted to be there, praise God. <laughs> and the other time she was dragging me to New Year's service, I pray at midnight, and I'm out. I'm gone doing my own thing. But this is the first time that I wanted to be in New Year's Eve service. And, and they would let people share their testimony, and I got up, and I said this. I don't know if Lady Thomas even remembers this, but I got up, and I said, you know what? I had like four or $500 to blow. And I said, you know what? I'm going to get this money to the church because... Had I been my old me, I would have went and got some Patron. I would have got some Swishers. I would have got some Dro. I would have went to the Sunset, praise God. I would have been all over the place. But because God had did something in my life, I had to bring an offering and say, God, I appreciate what you did for me. I love you. I thank you for saving me. I'm not going to let the devil have it. I'm going to put this seed in the ground. And then look at this. We get married. October, we stayed in an apartment for only a year and a half, just re-signed our lease. I find, I'm delivering mail, and I find these people that say, call first-time homeowners. So we call, talking to them. I have a whole, almost a whole nine months in my apartment. They say, you know what, we're going to break y'all lease. We're going to pay for y'all lease. Yeah, we're going to build y'all home. We got down to the close. They told me I wasn't going to pay nothing. They tried to get me to pay like $2,000 to close. And I'm like, I ain't got that. Y'all told me $500. I came with $500, moved in a $165,000 house, only paid $140,000 for it. And you can't tell me it wasn't because I put some seed in the ground. You're not going to make me make, make no difference because I was tithing and putting seed in the ground that God didn't make a way out of no way. You know what we just talked about? He makes a way out of no way. God wants to do some amazing things in our life. So check this out. I got a news flash for you. Check this out. God doesn't need our money. God requires and receives it because we are able to show a sacrifice by giving it to him. Mm. Yeah, God don't need your money. God going to do his work with or without any of us. He don't need it. He owns, the, he owns the world. He has the whole world in his hands. Cattle on a thousand head. He don't need it, but he requires it and receives it. Because you're able to show some kind of sacrifice to him. But check this out. God doesn't want your gift if you have a bad attitude. Yeah. If you're mad about giving to God, keep it. Please. Please keep it. Not out of obligation. God loves a cheerful giver. I've seen people ball up money in envelopes and just throw them in the bucket. What if God bought up a car and put it in your driveway? <laughs> Be mad. That's not what you want. So allow God. Don't get it twisted. Giving is also a part of worship. Amen. We just worship and singing. And the word is we worship and praising the word too. But giving, I have to take giving seriously because it's a form of worship to God. I'm presenting my gift to God. I'm showing you that I love you. This is what God, this is what God is telling us to do. So, so I'm not teaching any of you to be emotional givers. I don't want a church full of emotional givers. I don't want to get you preaching God and give you a house, a car, and give you this, and give you this, and give you this, and you so hyped up and you throw your money down, and then when it don't happen, you, you lose it all. Now you mad and upset and calling God unfaithful because you didn't throw all this money out, and, and now you, here you didn't get what you thought you was going to get. No, I want a church of systematic givers. See, if I'm systematic, I'm going to write my tie check off top. I'm going to make sure I got my money to give off top. 
I don't have to be moved by emotions. If I'm going on vacation, I already got my check written out. It doesn't matter. I'm a systematic giver because I believe and trust God. Uh, God gets his no matter what because he's been that good. Yeah, that was the type of moment. He gets his no matter what because he gets, he's that good, so I get him the first fruits and not the leftovers. That's, good. Jesus. That's what we do. We do this and do that, pay this and pay that, pay that. Yeah, That's what I got left. I'm going to go ahead and give it to God. Yeah. And, but if he's been that good and done some made a way out of no way, I got to keep going. That song, but bless me this morning, y'all, to make a way out of no way. Help me out and come through and show his grace and mercy in my life. Yeah. And I ask him for everything. How do I give him anything? Or the leftovers? How do we do that? So check it out. This is, this is why I have. I like this. I like this. I got, it. I got the, 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 the main point underlined right there in verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Amen. Mm. That's right. You better receive it. God is able to make all grace abound towards you in all things and always having insufficiency. Somebody say, I always have. Always have. Say it again, I always have. I always have. See, he's saying sufficiency, which means your contentment, which means I got enough to make it. Off top, I got enough to make it. But then he says, in abundance to all things. You know what abundance means? Abundance means I got some spare. Abundance means I got some increase. Abundance means I got some over and above. I got some extra. Yes, Lindsay. For every good work. So God has infinite amount of grace. He gives it lavishly without holding it back. I just talked about his grace. God gives us grace. What, what, what is grace? God, God holding back what we should get. God holding it back, giving us another chance. But here the grace does not refer to spiritual graces. That's not what he's talking about in this particular text. He's talking about our money and material needs. So God wants me to be unbothered in my finances as well as my faith also. He wants me unbothered all the way around because he is God. And I know he's in control and he has my life. See, when the believer generously and wisely gives off their material resource, God graciously replenishes them so that he always has plenty and will not be in need. Ooh, I love that. I love that, yes. See, I'm not a throw a dollar and holler and preach. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not that pastor. If you throw your dollar up there, God's going to do it. No, no, no. I'm not going to tell you that. That, that. That's not how the Bible works. But it is some, it is some points in that. But you got to understand this. You can give all the money you want. You can so, 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 so. But if you live in a life full of sin, it ain't going to work. I can't just give money and think God's going to work everything out. No, 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 baby. It don't work like that. You have to also honor him. Honor his word, honor him with his with your life and your finances to see the blessing for him to bless you abundantly. Yes, yes. All right, all right, all right, all right. I'm, I'm gonna give you an example. Um, right here, this is a uh, in Second Chronicles. Uh, the priestly service had not been supported by the government in a long time. The priests had it had a lot of wicked kings going on in Israel in this time, so they did not support the priests at all. They had to get it how they live, whatever. We're not taking care of the priests. I'm the king. I want all the money. I want all the riches, everything. So, so Hezekiah became king, and he established back how God said it should be. So Hezekiah comes to the priest, and he sees a heaps of overflow. Look at the scripture. He says this, and Azariah, the chief priest from the house of Zadok, answered him and said. 
says the people began to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord. I'm going to shout, shout. Since the people begin to bring the offerings into the house of the Lord, we have enough to eat and plenty left. We have enough to eat and plenty left. You better receive that. For the Lord has blessed his people, and what is left is great in abundance. Ooh, I want to speak that over your life. As your pastor, that when you begin to bring your gifts to God, bring your tithe, bring your offering, bring it all to God, you will have abundance in your house. You will not lack. You will have plenty left over. Instead of giving God leftovers, you have leftover. That's why David said this, my cup Runneth over. I got more than enough. Uh, 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 my debt is being canceled. Everything is coming to me. Why? Because I go above and beyond and give to God. Second Corinthians 9. As it is written, he dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Paul is actually quoting Psalms 112 and 9 right here. Uh, in the support of what he's teaching. I love this. Uh, because any any good teacher will always show you why they why why it's like this and what's supported by it. Now it's gonna throw something out the air and say this is what it is. No, I'm gonna show you why. So Paul said, look, I'm gonna bring y'all back to the Old Testament to show y'all what's going on right here. Uh, he's teaching a divine principle about giving that God replenishes and rewards the righteous giver both in our time and also in eternity. See, he disprossed abroad. God gave abroad. He has given to the poor. Who that is us. And because he has given to us on earth, his righteousness endures forever even when we leave the earth. So God is doing all these amazing things in our life. Then Paul comes right there, right here in verse 10. Check this out. Now, may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seeds you have sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness. Paul was letting him know he is God. And Paul again reaches back into the Old Testament. This time he goes to the book of Isaiah 55 and 10. And it says this, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Wow. So God is saying just like rain and snow come down from the earth, it stays there. It waters it, it brings forth bud for us to give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. God is showing us that he is in control. That's why the Bible says some plant and some water, but God gives the increase. Yes, yes. So look at the text, it's still up there. So he he, he who supplies seed to the sower and, and bread for food and supply and multiply the seeds you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. God provides you seed. God allows you to have finances come through your hands. Whether from our jobs, I don't know if you got stocks and bonds, you got social security, I don't know what you got. But if you got finances coming through your hands, he has supplies you seed to sow. But check this out. But God also provides bread for you to eat. So he got seed for me to sow and he got bread for me to eat. The problem that most of us have is we can't tell the difference between the seed and the bread. That's what messes us up. See, the reason, see, the seeds are supposed to be sown and bread is supposed to be eaten. So if I treat my seed like bread and I eat my seed, God can't replenish it. Ooh. 
So if God is giving me something and God is saying, this is the part you need to give to me so I can replenish, so you can have abundance. I'm trying to give you more, but you hold on to it and say, mm, God, now nah, I want this. And I, I take my seed and make it bread. God can't give you no more. And then we wonder why we in financial lack. Because you ate the seed. God can't multiply it if it ain't in the ground. You got to put it somewhere. Tell somebody, don't eat your seed. Don't eat it. Know the difference. When you got bread and when you got seed, it's a time for you to store. It's a time for you to save. It is, but you got to also know what to give as well. But again, do we pray and ask God what to give? Or do we just live our life any kind of way? Yeah, people people trip over tithing. Like I said, I, I ain't going to go too deep in it. We're going we gonna to do a teaching on it because tithing is not mentioned in the New Testament. So you got people that say, you know what? I don't need to tithe. Jesus didn't talk about it. It's not, a, it's, a, it's not a New Testament principle. That's the Old Testament, blah, 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 all this stuff. And I can go on and on, but tithing predates the law. Abraham gave a tithe before Moses established the law. Jacob gave a tithe before it established the law. So tithing existed even before the law. But Malachi 3 uh, really 7 through 10 where people get most of it. Will a man rob God? Everybody heard that before in church. Will a man rob God? You will rob God in tithes and offering. You will curse with a curse. And people see that and they tell people that if you don't pay your tithes, God going to curse you. Anybody ever heard that before? You don't pay your tithes, he's going to curse you. And see, I, 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 I can't roll like that and I'll tell you why. Uh, because Jesus died for all the curse. He said he is cursed. He became a curse. He hung on the tree for us. So if Jesus died for all the curses, I can't bring a curse over to the New Testament. Because he died for it all. It's over. It can't be there. But I do believe the principle still exists. Look at what he says. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that they may be food in my house. And try me now when this says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Uh, so I'm not here to tell you that you curse, but I am here to tell you that if you don't do it, he can't open up the window and he can't pour you out a blessing. That you won't have room enough to receive. Yeah, he wants to open up. God wants to expand you. God wants to give you more. He says, prove me wrong. Try me, try me, try me. But if you don't try him, he can't do it. See, Trip me out. People don't want to tithe because they say, you know what? I'm a New Testament. I'm a forgiver. I'm a New, I'm a New Testament Christian. Jesus forgiving me that tithe stuff's old. It's done. Okay, that's cool. But see, they gave 10% under the law. They didn't have the forgiveness of Christ. They didn't have the ability to go to God. They had to go to the priest to go to God. They had to have somebody go to God for them. They couldn't even go to God in prayer like that. They had to give, go, have a priest come in and do their sacrificing and sacrifice the animal and do all these things. And they only gave 10% at this time. Well, guess what? Now I'm under grace. See, now I can go boldly to the throne of grace. Now that Christ has died, sits at the right hand of the Father, I, me, you, I don't need a priest and a pastor to go to God for me alone. I can go to God for myself. I can ask for forgiveness myself. His son died on the cross. That means my ticket in heaven has been sealed by my faith in him. I've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. I have all this day. I got a new benefit plan. I went from a, a wisher to vanish to blue cross. Uh, he hooked me up. I got a new plan. He's done these amazing things. So if all he wanted was 10 and I had a law, shouldn't I really get more than 10 now? Because I got all these benefits. If we want to be technical like the people want to be technical, now that I'm under grace, I really should probably get more. 
Because God has redeemed and did so much for me. So look at the text. So look at this. He supplies seed to the sword and bread for the food and supply and multiply the seeds you have sown to increase the fruits of your righteousness. God gives you what you gives you what you need to give so he can give you more. Ooh, my God. Telling y'all, y'all better receive this. Y'all better receive this. God gives you to give so he can give you more. What an awesome God we serve. Uh, when I'm walking in obedience, I'm not talking about perfection. When I'm walking in obedience, I, I repent if I sin, if I made a mistake. Uh, I ask you to create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me, oh God. I'm trying to live right. I'm loving your word. I love you genuinely. I love people. I'm trying to do whatever you want me to do. And it said he multiplies your seed to increase the fruits of your righteousness. God wants to increase not only in your financial, but increase your righteousness. He wants you to show yourself in the earth to represent him. I'm going to share a couple of testimonies, not to brag, but to increase your faith. Because check this out, as, a, as your pastor, I'm not going to teach you something I can't live. It don't work like that. It just don't. So we went to Akron, Akron, Ohio, and I had already claimed Dr. Vernon to be my pastor. I knew he was my pastor. I, I already knew that beforehand, uh, before we even went. So we went down there. We had a good time. And uh, we didn't have any extra money, any extra money when we was down there. And we ended up, having, we ended up sowing, I believe, like $300 of the total or something like that. Like $300, this is to a man, I believe the guy told me, this is my pastor, this is who I should be a part of. Uh, uh, he, I, I need him in my life, I need somebody speaking in my life as well. So I, I, 300 gave till it hurt, y'all. You heard what I said, gave till it hurt. <laughs> yeah, y'all, I'm, I'm telling you. Uh, <laughs> and, and as we, at the end of the conference, he called us on stage, so a group of us, and we gave and blessed and, and, and all those things. And, and, and we got to come back to his house and spend time with him. And then I was at his house. People was like, so when did you join the fellowship? I was like, today. And he was like, I've been in two, three years. I ain't been to the house yet. You at the house today? But when you put seed in the ground, God give you divine favor. One of them said, you must have some special favor over your life because I ain't been. It's my first time at the house. And some people, check this out, tripping out. Destiny was tripping because some people was giving thousands, 1,000, 5,000, all this stuff. Destiny was like, ain't nobody about to get up. And people start giving up and giving. So what does that increase my faith? When I go back, I'm going to be able to give a 1,000 or something. I'm going to be able to sow because I know the importance of sowing. You have to sow to get to where you want to get to in life. God honors that. Our faith is increased. Uh, so I'm going back in here in a couple weeks and I can't wait to go. I'm telling you, y'all might be scared of me when I come back. I might be to be supercharged on fire. I might go back flip when I preach. I don't know what I might do. I'm about to go down there and receive and receive and, and go back to his house and spend some time with him and, and get what I need to get replenished. But I love this because God honors your giving. And when God sends you something to do with it, he wants to give you more. So you got to realize that I have to know what to sow and what to keep. See, the point is, you got to find good ground to sow in. Amen. I've been watching Dr. Vernon since I almost got saved, at least 10, 11 years. Plenty of teachings. One of the, one of the, uh, one, he's one of the encouragements of me wanting to go to school. So I knew it was good ground. So if I see good ground and I see fruit there, i got to put my seed where it's good ground because I know it's going to grow. Yes, Whatever is good ground where God is speaking to you and you trust in God and God is believing and doing things in your life, that is good ground. So you got to put your seed in the ground. Uh, Lady Thomas and I went to the I Pray conference last week with a prayer, uh, 
Pastor James Jackson, a fervent prayer. He's here in Indianapolis. And we went and had a good time. I always appreciate listening to him. even on 1310, his gift of prayer. So I said, you know what? He has something I can even get better in. I'm going to go spend some time with this man. We registered for the conference. And uh, we went over over there for two days again. Uh, we're not bothering the shot calling. But 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 the offering came. And the man spoke some stuff in my life. He did so I felt it. So what we do, we came and gave $100. Didn't have $100 to give. We have our own church. We have our own responsibilities to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. But I heard, I heard God. And he, I said, I got, I got to sow into this man's life. So we, we, we say it's good ground. We sow. We give to him. And, and, and we've been faithfully paying our tithes 12 years plus, so that's never been a problem. But we also got to know when to sow to, how to go above and beyond. So 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 you got to let, you, let, let this be known. Your current situation can't stop your seeds being sown. Amen. That's good. You can't let your current situation, my life around me, not put my seed in the ground. So Lady Thomas and I, we was chilling downstairs one day. The, the, uh, actually, I told her the 10th. We chilling downstairs. Destiny, you got a bad habit of taking all the bills and just putting them everywhere. Bad habit, y'all. She just throw them everywhere. Girl, you want lights cut off? Kids need Wi-Fi. They love Wi-Fi. You want Wi-Fi? We need to see where the bills is at. So we're going through the bills and uh, Jennifer opens up this letter from September 27th. And it's my it's October the 10th. And she was like, hold up. I'm like, what? I got to read it. I got to read it. Now, hold on, hold on. So she read me the letter. And it was a company. It states, you took out a loan from a previous company. How about, how, this one had my name on it. And the company charged you interest rates every time you paid them. So they were being sneaky. They were putting more interest rates on whatever I was paying. And so we're like, you see something in the mail, like it's fake. Google. <laughs> I'm about to check this out to see if this is real because this is just not even seem right. We go to Google and it was a lawsuit for $505 million. And 1.1 million people were included in the settlement. So we had a check sitting on my kitchen counter that had a comma in it. Praise God. <laughs> had a comma in it. And didn't even know it was there. Amen. But we've been sowing seeds. Amen. And it said this happened between 2008 and 2013. So when somebody did me wrong, try to mess up my money. Amen. Because I've still been faithful, giving to God, loving to God, not even thinking about them. He supplies some more seed for me to sow. I got to know what's bread and what's seed. And then she had another letter. <laughs> had her name on it, praise God. <laughs> Didn't have no comma on it, but it still was some money. <laughs> so we had money sitting out, sitting right there that we didn't even know was there. Because God wants us to have enough. I always have. Even when we didn't have, we actually had. God was right there watching it over. Then check this out. So we shared a testimony with somebody on FaceTime. And, and, and they were like, you know what? I need a financial blessing. Touch my hand through the phone. Y'all think that's crazy. Y'all think it's crazy. Touch my hand through the phone. We pray. We, 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 we're serious. We pray. Touch my hand through the phone. The person calls me the next day. Says, I got home. My lights was cut off. Cable was cut off. I didn't have no more money. I went to the mailbox. Y'all ain't feeling me. I went to the mailbox. And it was a letter in there. They said we made a mistake eight months ago. We made a mistake eight months ago. This is money you should have had, and we didn't give it to the day after we got ours, and we touched and received. God wants to bless you financially. I promise he does. But you got to put seed in the ground. This person's a faithful tithe player. He wants to multiply your seed. 
I ain't own no hocus pocus stuff, but God would provide checks come in the mail. Crazy stuff you wouldn't even imagine. But why does it happen? Because we put seed in the ground. And because of that, I always have. This is it. And I'm about to close. Um, God sowed the greatest seed. When he let the Holy Spirit overshadow Mary. When his son Jesus Christ was born. Jesus died for the sins of mankind. And what happened? He was put in a grave. Well, a grave is the ground. Jesus was a seed for us. That we may receive from the Father. We may receive his forgiveness, his goodness, his grace, his mercy. That we may live and have eternal life. And that seed that the Father sown that rose up out that ground three days later. Harvest millions of souls. So God wants to increase the fruits of your righteousness for the salvation of your soul. All the way down to your financial state. Let God have his way in your life. He'll give you an increase like you've never experienced before. Can we give God a praise in this place? Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God, for having your way in this place. Now, I don't know where you stand, where you stand at, what you stand in the need of, but I know God is real. First time I even ever taught on finances, because I always mean, because I know how people do and how they think about the church and money and all these things, but God, you got to give them the whole counsel. You got to give him the whole Bible, all the truth and everything. And God wants to do something in your life. But first, he wants to do something in your soul. He wants to save you. So if you've not given your life to Christ, what better day than today to say, God, I'm here. I'm a vessel willing to be used by you. I want to give you my heart, my mind, everything. Oh, God, I give it to you. Maybe you are saved, but you're in the midst looking for a church home. We would love to have you here. God is doing some amazing things in new creation. I thank God, praise God, for all what he's doing. In such a short amount of time, God is blowing our minds and blessing us. So maybe you're looking for a church home. We would love to have you. Or maybe you need special prayer. Whatever you stand in need of today, maybe a candidate for baptism, I don't know. But no, God wants to have his way in your life. I say the same thing every Sunday, and I'm probably going to say it until Jesus come back. I will not go back home feeling the same way I came. I'm not going to come in church depressed and go back home depressed. I'm not going to come to church down and out and come back, go back home and not be lifted up and have some joy in my spirit. I'm not going to put my clothes on, get in my car, use this my gas money, and come to the place of God and go back home feeling the same way. So whatever you stand in need of, if you need, if you need to be saved, we're here. If you need a church home, we're here. We love you. Lady Thomas and I love you. We truly do. We love you. We want to see God's best in your life. I want testimony after testimony. I want to see blessing after blessing. I want to see God move in your life like never before. But you got to allow him to move. You got to take the steps of faith. If anybody needs special prayer, if you, if you, if you want prayer, please come forward now. We're here to pray with you. We're here to pray with you, to encourage you, to love on you. Whatever you need, God is here.